It's Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello and welcome along to Backstage on this beautiful Saturday evening. On this evening's show, I'll be talking to the biggest selling instrumental rock guitarist of all time. The 15-time Grammy Award nominated Joe Satriani. I'll also be talking to Ben Bridwell, frontman of Band of Horses. He's going to be talking to me about the creative process behind the brand new album, Why Are You Okay? I've got music from Metallica, Stone Roses and the new one from Elba frontman Guy Garvey. Backstage on Radio Nova. Early in his career, Joe Satriani worked as a guitar instructor with many of his former students achieving fame, such as Steve Vai, Grammy Award winner and voted the 10th greatest guitarist by Guitar World, as well as Kirk Hammett of Metallica. Joe then went on to have a successful solo music career. He is a 15-time Grammy Award nominee and has sold over 10 million albums, making him the biggest-selling instrumental rock guitarist of all time. He joins me next on Backstage and he'll be recounting uh, his days of when he gave instruction to Kirk Hammond of Metallica and on Living the Dream. So I'm going to start off with taking a track from his recent album. This is the title track, Shockwave Supernova from Joe Satriani on Radio Nova.
Music from Joe Satriani on Radio Nova, taken from the album Shockwave Supernova. That was the title track. And Joe Satriani will be performing on our shores when he takes to the stage at Vicker Street in Dublin on the 20th of June. And ahead of the show, Joe Satriani joins me now on the line. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Man, with the fact that you've achieved such huge success, 10 million album sales, being nominated 15 times for a Grammy Award, you know, does it feel like you're living the dream? Well, you know, it's, it's like when, when somebody uh, like yourself mentions uh, accomplishments, they, uh, they seem like, you know, like you're talking about somebody else. But <laughs> the, for me, the reality is like the other night I, I was uh, sitting at dinner with... Uh, Sammy Hagar and and his wife and uh, uh, and Trey Cool and his wife and we after dinner we went back to Trey's house and we were just sitting around jamming playing chicken foot songs just improvising and everybody was singing and dancing and playing something and to me that was you know that's what I mean uh, that's how I would define living the dream is, yeah. is having good friends that are incredible musicians and feeling relaxed enough to just make music for no professional purpose whatsoever. Um, that, that to me is really what I always thought it would be like if you were a famous rock star, you'd be hanging around with other rock stars just having fun on your time off, you know. Um, so uh, that's, that's what I, uh, I thrive for that, you know. Yeah. I mean, that sort of natural interaction between musicians uh, that has no business attached to it. Nice. It's great to have that like-minded musicians, but uh, yeah, Trey Cool, what's his house like? Uh, well, you know, he probably has uh, several uh, scattered around the world. <laughs> yeah. That particular one I thought was quite unique because it had a drum set in the living room. Cool. Uh, he's got a big, very lively-sounding uh, living room uh, with, a, with a beautiful view of the Bay Area. And, but in the center of it is this fantastic sounding drum set and he's an amazing drummer. Mm. And, uh, so he had a small bass and amp there and a really nice, uh, old Gibson guitar that Billy Joe had given him and a, and a cool little amp. And it was just all fun. You know what I mean? It was, it's just all really good fun. There was a mic, uh, for, for Sarah, his wife to sing. Uh, she's a great singer. Oh, it, was, cool. it was just, uh, a, a good time. I can imagine. I remember they were in Dublin at one stage. I think I had a little skank with him one night, years ago in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joe was hanging yeah, out with Mrs. Right. It sounds like him singing and dancing, you know. And um, I've got to talk about your guitar instructor days as well. And I know a lot of people have obviously asked you this question over and over again, but I hope you haven't tired of it just yet. But you've worked with or taught so many incredible people, Steve Vai, but then Metallica's Kirk Hammett. You know, at what point was it that he hired you for your, your duties? Mm, um, he was uh, playing with Exodus. He was the lead guitar player in Exodus. And so he was, uh, I guess he was still in his teenage years. God, um, wow. And could you see the potential and, uh, then? Yes, absolutely. He was really? a great student. Um, he had great taste in guitar players. And so he would always bring in, you know, really specific questions about Hendrix or Michael Schenker or you know, any of the guitar players that he really admired. And he was completely into me instructing him what to study, what to work on. And um, he he understood that I wasn't going to ask him to play any particular style, that, I, that it was his job to figure out how to use the information I was going to give him. And so uh, to me, that's the best way to do it. You just like surrender all of your knowledge to the student 
but don't influence them stylistically. Okay. And uh, when I was teaching him, you know, I was teaching at the same time uh, Larry Lalonde and, and Charlie Hunter, uh, quite a few guitar players uh, that uh, were part of uh, what, from my perspective, was a, a youth movement. These were, these were kids that were teenagers or just getting out of their teen years, and they were beginning to create what was, be, what was becoming the new trend in music. And uh, so I didn't want to stand in the way. I didn't want to influence because I was an older guy. I was an older player. Mm. Um, so the, the idea is you, you give them everything you've got and you give them a big push. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it really did work because he did, uh, along with the guys in Metallica, they wound up you know, creating a revolution in music. Um, and, and all of his friends, his, his uh, you know, his students that were, were all out there sitting in the guitar store waiting for lessons, they all had a hand in creating the music uh, that became uh, the sound of uh, the 80s, 90s, and, and the new millennia. Um, and it was, but it was, you know, um, wonderfully like a kaleidoscope of styles because Charlie Hunter went into jazz and mm. uh, David Bryson went into, I don't know what you call, you know, Counting Crows and... Mm. Uh, Kevin Cadigan with Third Eye Blind, uh, certainly uh, Larry Lamond with Primus. They created their own genre, you know. So yeah. uh, it, it was very exciting uh, as far as being a teacher and having students like that. It was really great. Wow, it must be. Do you ever give yourself praise for what Metallica did for, for metal and music and changing the course of music history? Oh, no, they did it all themselves. <laughs> you know? I, I, was just, uh, I was just sitting there cheering them on, you know. Well, I think we'll have a listen now to how Kirk Hammett took your valuable instruction and applied it to creating groundbreaking music with Metallica. Taken from the 1991 self-titled album, one of the best-selling albums worldwide, this is Metallica with Sad But True on Radio Nova.
Shenani Vorda on Radio Nova, music from Metallica, Sad But True, as Joe Satriani provided guitar instruction to Metallica's Kirk Hammett. And you are backstage with Joe Satriani. Now, Joe, let's move on to the subject of stage antics. You have the likes of Nils Lofgren, for example, who used to do backflips off a trampoline, but I believe you tend to play guitar with your teeth. Have you ever encountered any unfortunate mishaps with carrying out such a feat? I tell you what, playing playing with your teeth is uh, not uh, something I would recommend for anybody. It definitely uh, it wears your enamel down. But um, I don't know things that you do on stage as a performer have a reverse way of just being really thrilling. You know that um, you know, like when you stand in front of twenty thousand people and you say, you know, put your hands together and clap. When you hear that sound come back, it is you know, it's a deafening and it's so exciting. So uh, any of those things that we do as performers, it sort of gets thrown back at us uh, from the audience and uh, you, you ride on that excitement, on that energy. And playing with your teeth is like one of those things where uh, you, you have to make sure, it's a very delicate thing. It looks really gross and, and, and crazy thing to do. And you can definitely feel it back from the audience, the, the uh, whatever, the excitement, I guess, mm. that when they recognize that you're doing it. However, it is pretty dangerous because it's easy to, you know, uh, probably chip your teeth, mm. maybe knock a tooth out. You have to look around, make sure no one's going to bump the guitar or you're not going to hit the mic stand or something like that or, or walk off the stage while you're playing with your teeth or something. So, um Every time I do it, I, I'm thinking I should stop doing this immediately. This is way too dangerous, you know. Uh, I'm not really that kind of performer. Uh, I always like to put all the energy into the finessing of my phrasing and the sound of my guitar and uh, not to rely on, you know, costumes and, mm. and uh, you know, che- cheap thrills. But in the end, I guess I'm a... Uh, a lover of cheap thrills, just like any other guitarist. So. <laughs> you just can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> I can't help myself. I know. I like doing it, I guess. <laughs> That's good. That's cool with us. Well, listen, congratulations on album number 15, Shockwave Supernova. You're coming to Dublin to play Vicker Street. We can't wait for it. So what kind of antics then do you have in store for us at Vicker Street? Well, when we play Vicker Street, we're doing our uh, Surfing the Shockwave show. Uh, so we play just an enormous amount of music from the catalog going, you know, stretching 30 years. Uh, it's such a fun show for us. We really get to stretch out. I really get to show the in, just amazing talent of everybody in the band. Uh, I've got Marco Miniman on drums, Brian Beller on bass, and Mike Keneally playing keyboards and guitar. Uh, this is really a fun band. I've never had so much fun playing with a live band. And uh, of course, I had them in the studio for the last record. So we, we have a very strong connection. And I think we share uh, the same attitude towards uh, making every show interesting and fun. So we're always having a good time. And we, 
we want to bring that good time to our to our fans in Ireland. Yeah, we're always up for a good time, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know it. And listen, the hat before you go as well, I want to wish you an early happy birthday. You've got a big one coming up next month, don't you? I know. It's. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, I... I uh, I've had a lot of big birthdays, you know, the decades on tour. <laughs> oh, have you? Um, and uh, it, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I was just thinking back. The ones it, it's, hard, it's getting harder and harder to remember. But I think I turned forty in Amsterdam on stage, and I turned fifty uh, in Rome on stage, and so now sixty, which is just like I, I don't even want to say that number out loud, <laughs> but I guess I just did. So <laughs> well, you don't look at uh, so well, thank you. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll be on stage again, and I think that's the, to me, that's the, the best way to do it, because ever since, since, as long as I can remember, that's all I ever really wanted to do was play my guitar in front of people, so um, it's very fitting that that uh, birthday would find me working on stage somewhere. On stage again. Well, hopefully you'll get some, some cake to go along with it. I, I better. Hopefully, you know, not in my face. But, you know, <laughs> Hopefully not, no. <laughs> for that. Maybe watch the whole guitar playing with your teeth and uh, you'll be able to have some cake. Well, so Joe Satriani, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was wonderful to talk to you. Backstage on Radio Nova. Backstage on Radio Nova. Music news update. And now to bring you up to date on the latest in music news is Gareth O'Connor. Hey Gareth, how's it going? Hi Sinead, how are you? I'm good, thanks Gareth. Now you'll be talking about Bruce Springsteen, but first, onto Stone Roses. Yeah, they have a new single out. They uh, tweeted it during the week and put a link online titled Beautiful Thing. The song was released at midnight the other night and it follows, of course, the comeback single All For One Last Month, which was the band's first piece of new music for over two decades. Mm. Now the fans have been a little bit mixed about this reaction to the news. Some described it as laid back bliss, said one fan online. Another said it was dull and predictable. One said it was better than All For One. Yeah. Uh, another said it was like a brown solo song. And another one we looked at said No Roses Magic. So the fans seem a little bit divided about it. I listened to the track a few times and quite like it. They're going to play a number of shows this summer, including gigs in Manchester and Dublin. So, uh, you know, we might get a chance to see them uh, play up close and see see how they're doing. But yeah. uh, I, I, I like the new stuff, I have to say. Yeah, I'm excited about them back together. Moving on now to Bruce. You got to see him at Croke Park, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really good gig. That, that moment when Bono came on stage, it was just an incredible moment. And I liked that duet uh, on the Sunday evening. And... Uh, <laughs> I was on in a sheer drop everything getting burnt alive. So uh, I was there on Friday. But you saw Radiohead, I believe. I saw Radiohead at Primavera. Yes, I did, and PJ Harvey and lots of many mm, other bands. You're yes. Cool. <laughs> anyway, go back to Bruce. Yeah, of course he had the you know the massive tour recently, and uh, he rounded it off with a great show at London's Wembley Stadium. And uh, it's now been revealed that the shows on the tour, including the ones in Dublin, Glasgow, Coventry, and London, were recorded for a live album. Now NME is reporting this week that each European show will be available on Springsteen's website one week at a time and will also be broadcast on his uh, E Street radio channel as well but uh, rumours and uh, confirmation coming in of perhaps a live album to come uh, maybe later in the year so uh, if you were at those gigs in Croke Park you might get to hear some of those tracks again on a, a live album oh, nice Imagine. exciting times looking forward to that well Gareth Connor, have yourself a great weekend thanks you for too. popping in no worries Backstage on Radio Nova Yet to come, I'll be talking to Ben Bridwell of Band of Horses on the new album, Why Are You Okay? I'll also have a live one from Chris Cornell, and it's a tribute to Prince, as it would have been his birthday this week. Uh, also coming up, I'll be playing the brand new single from Elbow Frontman. That is on the way up next here on Radio Nova.